Let's talk some KU hoops as we head down the home stretch of the basketball season, but also get into some off-season football. Mike Plank is joining us. Rock Chalk Talk here on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. And before we dive into it with Mike Plank, your chance at winning Big 12 tournament semifinal tickets takes place right now, this week. How do you get entered to win? You rate, you review, you subscribe to this podcast, you send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we'll get you entered to win those Big 12 tournament semifinal tickets. So get on it. Uh, Mike, let's start with the basketball side of things. This team, obviously, the expectations are sky high right now. How has this year's team been different from some of the you know teams in previous years that maybe did not meet some of those lofty expectations? Uh, well, I think the easiest answer that at least comes to my mind is this team is not dependent on uh, one player or even two players. Uh, you know, this isn't a case where they'll struggle if, you know, say Perry Ellis has an off night or Andrew Wiggins or Frank Mason or Thomas Robinson or whoever you want to say. Um, this, this year's Kansas team has had seven different players score 20 or more points in a game this season. Uh, Dotson Moss, Doak, Agbaji. Uh, McCormick did it once, Brown and Garrett. And four of those guys have scored 20 or more multiple times, uh, Dotson, Doak, Moss, and Igbaji. So, like, they've got options all over the floor, up and down the bench. Um, it, it, it's just a it, – they can go two bigs. They can go five guards. They, they just have so many different options. Um, and I think that that makes them uh, scary good. Um, another thing to consider, this may be Bill Self's best team ever defensively. Um, Kansas has held 16 of their 28 opponents to 60 points or less, which is a top-five mark in the country. Uh, they're on pace to post the best-ever defensive rating on Ken Palm, which goes back to 2002. Uh, it's an absolute crime that Yudoka Azubuki isn't a finalist for the Naismith Defensive Player of the Year Award, but Marcus Garrett is. And uh, Garrett is uh, the best defender that Bill Self has ever coached, uh, and you can quote Bill Self on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Dotson and Agbaji are plus defenders. Like, Agbaji still has his moments. You know, he'll he'll lose his man and give up an easy layup or something. But for the most part, um, you know, he and Dotson are, are, are plus defenders. And, and, you know, Self has always been a defensive-minded coach, but I, this team is just setting records on the defensive side left and right. And uh, I, I, they just they look incredible on that end of the floor. And, and I mean, they're, they're holding multiple opponents to less than 20 points, like in a second half. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's been very interesting to watch. And, uh, I, I think that the, they obviously really shine defensively and, uh, and the different offensive options they have on any given night, uh, you just don't know where it's going to come from, which is probably an advantage for Kansas. So Mike, is it, is it really final four? I mean, or even maybe national championship or bust? I mean, final four or bust. Is it fair to say that with how soft uh, the middle of college basketball is outside of the top handful of teams with Kansas, Baylor, and a couple others. Uh, do you think we're at the point where it's like if, if this team under Bill Self doesn't get to a Final Four, the fan base is going to be disappointed, or is that just another year for KU? <laughs> well, I think it's – honestly, I think it's a combination of both of those. Um, as, as I'm sure you know, most seasons that Kansas come with the expectation of a Final Four, yeah. sure some of those are more realistic than others. Uh, but I definitely think that's an expectation this year. Uh, I mean, Kansas, especially under Bill Self, they've just been so remarkably consistent. Uh, Self has been to eight Elite Eights in 16 years, including three of the last four years. Uh, he's been a one or a two seed from 2010 through 2018. 
Uh, last year they were a four seed, and when a four seed is a down year, you're really doing something pretty remarkable. Um, and then this year, I mean, Kansas has been the number one team in all of the metrics, uh, Ken Palm, Torvik, all that stuff, since the middle of January. Uh, if it weren't for the three losses, people would be talking about them as, you know, one of the best college basketball teams of all time, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they've had some fluky stuff happen to them, the 30 turnovers against Duke in the first game of the year. They blew a four-point lead with under two minutes against Villanova. Uh, and then, of course, the home loss to Baylor. But, I mean, you can look at the injuries to Dotson and Garrett in those games, um, Garrett's foot and Dotson's hip. So when they're at full strength, I think that they're easily the best team in the country. And assuming Azubuki's ankle is okay, he twisted it in Manhattan on Saturday, uh, I think they they should be a popular pick in anyone's bracket for the national champion line. I mean, obviously upsets happen, and, and we're no stranger to those, but, uh, you know, I, I'm ready to be hurt again, I guess. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mike Plank, Rock Chalk Talk, is joining us here on Heartland College Sports Weekly. So, Mike, as you look at this team, you know, there was a lot of noise around the program uh, leading up to this season uh, with some of the off-the-court issues that, that the program was dealing with. How much credit does Bill Self deserve for, for handling those issues and keeping them in the background and keeping these guys focused? Yeah, and I guess, you know, I guess that's the key. There's obviously a lot of noise coming from the media, but I assume that Self has some way of handling that or insulating his players from it or something because it, it doesn't seem to be affecting him. Uh, as far as I know, there hasn't been much out of the NCAA lately, um, and I kind of, you know, I really hate to sit here and speculate on, on who knew what. Did the, did the players get benefits? Did their guardians? Uh, did the players know about it? And, you know, and all that stuff. Uh, you know, dirty money in college basketball is probably the worst kept secret in America over the last 30 years, and you know, maybe even longer, going back to the to the SMU death penalty stuff and drawing up contracts and paying players in the open and that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, you know, so I, I don't know how much of this NCAA stuff actually gets to the players. Uh, you know, because I don't I don't know how he insulates them from the media or if he does or or whatever. Uh, but especially at this point in the season, you know, you got to figure the focus is on basketball, on getting to the tournament, and then performing, and, and that they'll just have to deal with it all afterwards. Hey, guys, it's Pete Mundo, and March Madness is here. Yes, we've made it through the winter, and we're all going to go nuts watching these games. And our friends at mybookie.ag have got us covered. The best part is one result's not going to ruin your tournament. The brackets are fun, but there are no busted brackets. If your picks go bad one day, guess what? You start fresh the next day. That's the best part of it. So make my bookie your sportsbook home for March Madness. MyBookie.ag today and deposit with the promo code BIG12. That's BIG12 for a 50% sign-up bonus. You can get a free entry into a $5,000 blackjack tournament. You can get a free World Series futures bet. You can get casino chips all by depositing at MyBookie.ag. Promo code BIG12. That's BIG12 for your 50% sign-up bonus and all the other benefits. Make MyBookie your sportsbook home for March Madness and beyond. MyBookie.ag, promo code BIG12, BIG12, for a 50% sign-up bonus at MyBookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Mike Plank, Rock Chalk Talk. Mike, let's talk a little football here. I, I am fascinated by this program uh, at KU and what the future might hold under Les Miles if it can build itself back up. Let's start with the quarterback position. Carter Stanley era is over you know, I think most people are okay with that. Like, we always knew Carter Stanley was limited. The question is, is there an answer now that might be more appealing with at least a higher ceiling? What, what is the state of the quarterback battle in at KU heading into spring ball? 
Uh, the state of the quarterback position is one big, giant red question mark, I think. Um, it, it, next year looks to be a tough year just in general for Kansas, but mostly because we don't, like you said, we don't know who the quarterback will be. I think the primary contenders are Thomas McVitie and Miles Kendrick. Uh, both guys are former junior college transfers. Uh, McVitie came in last year, and Kendrick's been here two years now. Uh, Tory Lachlan could be an option, but I, I just checked, and he's currently listed as a running back on the official roster. Uh, so I, I don't know how likely that is. Um, a name to keep your eye on, Pete, incoming freshman Jalen Daniels uh, would be one to watch. Uh, it was pretty well reported, I think, that uh, offensive coordinator Brent Deerman was just all over this guy early on in his recruitment and was a recruit that, that he was real excited to get. And I think he was only a two- or maybe a three-star guy by most of the recruiting services. But if it's something that Brent Deerman wants that badly, then I'm interested to see him as well. Um, but, yeah, McVitie was a highly rated uh, JUCO recruit. He was at one point the number one rated JUCO recruit coming out of, uh, of junior college in last year's class. But he couldn't beat out Carter Stanley. So, um, and, I mean, I'm a big Carter Stanley fan, don't get me wrong. And, you know, I love the kid, and I loved his, his grit and his toughness and his work ethic. And, I mean, he just, he you know, he – lowering his head and crashing into defenders and, you know, all that he did for the program. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> the, the, there's no, like, obvious answer to the quarterback position, so it, it's going to have to shake itself out and, and probably in fall ball. We, we may not know who the starter is until the day of again. So what do you think then, Mike, as, as this program continues, hopefully it's rebuild and ascension under less miles, why should KU fans be sitting there right now and saying, you know what, I know last year you know, saw some offensive explosions, saw the Texas Tech win, saw the Boston College win, but we're just still going to win our two, three games a year, and that's going to be it. Why should KU fans be optimistic about where this program is heading under Les Miles? I think it's pretty easy to, to just take a quick look and tell that Les Miles has made an immediate impact, uh, both on the field, like you're talking about, and in recruiting, which I can touch on if you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the field, uh, just, just look at the results. Um, the, the record, 3-9, and nine, was probably about where it should have been. Uh, but if you look at the losses, they could have easily been 7-5. and five. West Virginia, um, at Texas, and at Iowa State were all close, exciting games, and two of those were on the road. Um, they they haven't been competitive on the road since Mark Mangino. Um, they never should have lost to Coastal Carolina. That game was just screwy all the way around. Uh, but but of course on the flip side, if you look at their wins, they also could have easily gone one and eleven. So that's why I said three and nine is probably about right. You know they squeaked by Indiana State. They were trailing in the fourth quarter of that game, uh, and they had a bit of luck at the end of the Texas Tech game to win that one with the that crazy play Tech had with the fumble and the lateral and fumbling it again and whatever. Uh, but that said, the three wins they had weren't fluky either. Uh, you know, David Beatty won six games in four years, I believe, and only two conference games. Um, in two of those six overall games, KU was plus six in turnovers, and that's that's pretty fluky. Uh, in the two conference wins under Beatty, the Texas win, they were plus four in turnovers. Uh, they had that incomplete pass that should have been overturned to a Texas interception, which would have ended the game. Uh, and the TCU win had the, the uh, butt fumble, basically. So David Beatty was pretty lucky to even win two conference games. And when you contrast that with Miles, uh, last year they're, they dominated Boston College. They were actually minus two in that game in turnovers at Boston College, and they won by three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he was immediately competitive in, in over half of his conference games. So we saw major improvement on the field. Mm-hmm. So uh, And then and 
if we touch on recruiting real quick. Yeah. Um, that's where, that's know, where my, I wanted to go with you next, Mike, on the recruiting trail, because the yeah. team still finished. Uh, they finished last in the 247 rankings for the Big 12. But why why is there more optimism then with what Les Miles is doing on the recruiting trail? What has been effective for him? Well, uh, the first two, yeah, so the first two classes, um, uh, last year the 2019 class was ranked number 65, and this year was ranked number 56. Uh, overall, out of 130 teams. Now, that doesn't sound great, but, again, that's significant improvement from where we were under Beatty. Um, it's, uh, you have to go back to the Mark Mangino era to find regular recruiting classes anywhere near the top 50. Uh, David Beatty averaged a class ranked 65. Gill and Weiss averaged 58 combined. Mark Mangino averaged 46. And you have to also remember that Weiss and Beatty leaned on JUCO recruits to bolster those rankings. Uh, this most recent class had zero junior college transfers. Um, but I think the main thing to answer your question, then, is just the quality of recruits. Um, now, 24-7 Sports has all of KU's recruits this year ranked as three-star players. Uh, but six of them are in the top 1,000 uh, uh, across the country nationally. Um, so to put it in perspective, um, last year, Les Miles signed four of those players in the top 1,000. So that gives Miles 10 top 1,000 players in just two classes. So in five years, David Beatty got 15 players, but seven of those came in his very first class in 2014. So over his final four seasons, Beatty averaged just two top 1,000 high school recruits per class. Uh, And the other thing to look at is then when you look at the overall class rankings, Kansas is within seven spots of three other Big 12 teams. Uh, They're right there with Texas Tech, K-State, and Baylor. So this tells me that the class is now competitive with other teams in the Big 12, and with proper coaching and development, it could it could turn into a solid base for the program. It should uh, within just you know a year or two, uh, and and that's that's what we've been lacking is 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 Big 12 quality players uh, and depth. Uh, and obviously the quarterback, but we've already talked about that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Mike Plank, Rock Chalk Talk, is joining us on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. How about the staff that Les Miles put together? Brent Deerman seems like a great find. You hope he can hang around there for a while and won't get poached somewhere else. How much flexibility has Les Miles been given with uh, the ability to pay his staff, Mike? And, you know, you see Scotty Hazleton has to leave K-State. He goes, gets a big offer at Michigan State. How much money is there to really dump into this program? I I don't know the exact answer to that question. Um, there was, uh, I'm trying to think, was it the receivers coach? Maybe Emmett Jones, I believe, um, had a, was being reported that I think it was Texas was, was pursuing him. And, and Kansas came in and, and, and redid his contract and, and kept him around, and, and I probably hung on to some recruits because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think there is a commitment there, and there is a willingness there to, to pay some of these guys. Now, there has been some turnover. Um, some guys have left for you know, coordinator jobs or whatever, but, I mean, with your coaches, that tells you you're doing something right, True. right? Um, I, and, uh, uh, you know, we've lost a couple of guys to uh, – uh, North Texas, I think, and uh, I don't remember where all they went, but uh, but yeah, the uh, the coaching staff is, uh, uh, and they seem to be excited. They're, they're all about the recruiting, and which is good. You know, they're young, hungry guys. A couple of them played under Les Miles at LSU, so um, you know they've got that going for them. You know, they can they can show the recruits their rings and that type of stuff, and if that's what it takes, uh, I, I think it's a good, solid staff. I, 
I don't know that there's anybody, you know, super famous on it. I mean, obviously, Brent Dearman came from a lower level of football at the NAIA level. Um, they just hired a, a, another guy from the NAIA uh, to be a defensive analyst. So, um, you know, I, I'm excited to see what the offense looks like. I'd really like to see Dearman, you know, get total control over the offense. Um, I think that was a big factor in the Coastal Carolina loss. Um, and I, I think that was one of the one of the big factors of why he got promoted halfway through the season. Yeah. Um, and, and we did see, you know, some offensive explosions that you noted, like, you know, Boston College and Texas and a couple other games. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I think the commitment's there. I think the money's there. I think Jeff Long has made it clear that Kansas is willing to pay and they're willing to, to do what it takes to be competitive on the football field. And, and it's, it's probably about 40 years too late, but better late than never, right? Yeah, no doubt about it. He's Mike Plank. Rock, Chalk, Talk does great work covering KU with those guys. And, uh, Mike, it's always great to have you back on the show. Really appreciate the time. And we'll talk to you again as the uh, season continues to get closer. Can't wait. Pete, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. Mike Plank, Rock, Chalk, Talk on Heartland College Sports Weekly. And a reminder for you guys, if you want to uh, get in and get a hold of of some Big 12 tournament semifinal tickets. Leave us a rating on the podcast, review it, subscribe to it, and then send me a screenshot, Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we'll get you entered in for a chance to win Big 12 tournament semifinal tickets courtesy of heartlandcollegesports.com. So we appreciate that. We appreciate you guys, and uh, we'll talk to you soon right here on heartlandcollegesports.com.